everyone, and welcome to the Mama Marketer Podcast. I am your host, Olivia, and I am here today with my friend, Faith. Um, Faith is the next in my series of interviewing my libertarian friends here in Kansas. So Faith, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, hi, uh, I'm Faith, and I live in the Wichita area, and I'm very passionate about civic engagement. So basically, everything that I do in my life is around activism, and civic engagement. So uh, basically I'm involved at the local level, in my city, at the county level, uh, at the state level when I have to, but basically I was raised to uh, make my community better. Both my parents were very big into volunteerism and so uh, it takes over and consumes my life but also brings me a lot of joy. So that's what brought me uh, to libertarianism as well. Very cool. Okay, so um, being, being politically active, brought you to the LP. Is there a specific moment that you looked at the Libertarian Party as like home for you? Like I know for me, um, you know, it was Gary Johnson's presidential campaign. Um, and I think a lot of people that I talked to tell, tell me it was like a Ron Paul moment. So like, what was that moment for you um, where you looked at Republican, Democrat, what's this Libertarian over here? That's, I think that's where I want to be. For me, it wasn't a specific candidate. It was it was growing up uh, with two very Republican parents mm-hmm. and being a uh, being like, who's this Bill Clinton guy? I don't <laughs> want to be a Republican. So you know, that was my first election that I could vote in. And being a, a Democrat for a while, it was the it was nine eleven and the Patriot Act, and mm-hmm. I was like, hold mm-hmm. on. Um, this is too much power to the government. This is surveillance. This is violating constitutional liberties. I can't get down with this. I was a parent of a very young child, so I was still quite young myself, and even I knew back then, that's this is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't get down with this, especially when both major parties were like, uh, within a month, yeah, we're gonna just, we're gonna be surveilling everyone. So that, that was the moment for me. It wasn't a candidate mm-hmm. or a party. It was all of the government saying, you know what, we're gonna big brother you yeah. uh, indefinitely. So. so that's really interesting. That's probably the most unique answer. Obviously libertarians that I talk to, that's on their radar, but they, I don't, don't have any people that tell me that's the moment that brought them in. So that's really unique in my opinion. Um, I'm curious what you think, since it was already on your radar back then, it's only gotten worse. We've got, I mean, Snowden, we've got, you know, the one that they just recently tried to pass, TikTok one, I can't remember the actual official name of it, but what, what's that like for you having seen it just get worse? Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm actually one of the first people I knew that was raising red flags um, about um, the Restrict Act. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, I called my senator before it was even called the Restrict Act, back when that bill didn't even have a name mm-hmm. because uh, Senator Moran was a co-sponsor. Before the TikTok hearing Mm. even happened, I had called my senator. So I am very informed about what's going on about those things because I am very concerned about government oversight. So I've been a small L libertarian. Mm. Uh, I did register libertarian, even though I wasn't involved with the party Mm -hmm. for many years. Even before I joined the military, I was a registered libertarian and voting in the state we didn't have a lot of libertarian candidates, but mm-hmm. I was trying to vote with my conscience. Sometimes yeah. R, sometimes D, sometimes, yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah, so it's been since uh, very early on, early yeah. 2000s that I've been voting libertarian. Yeah. Okay, so two things, um, and I kind of do this, I kind of go off script, just off script as stuff naturally comes up. I feel like I forget usually that you were in the military. So t- what did you, like, I don't know a nice way to say it, but you don't look like a vet to me, you know? I don't mean that the way it sounds. So, okay, where, when, what did you serve? Like, what branch? I don't even know. So, I was in the Kansas Air National Guard. Wow. Proudly serve uh, here at home. Wow. And uh, Kathleen Sebelius uh, was the governor while I was in charge. So, uh, you know, when Greensburg happened, mm. the Kansas Air National Guard was there. My husband's whole family is from Greensburg. You probably know, you probably met some hazes back in the day. <laughs> you know, that was who showed up and yeah. drove the buses when, yep. you know, when people had to be... Uh, taken care of so you know proudly served in the guard when all that happened when don't ask don't tell tell Mm. was repealed i was proud to serve when when that happened yeah um so when people get on both sides republicans and democrats were upset when obama was president and when they were upset when 
you know, Trump was president or when mm-hmm. Bush was president. It really didn't matter to me yeah. because I proudly espoused, oh, there, I'm not part of that. I'm, I'm a libertarian. And people are like, well, what is that? <laughs> yes, yes. So all the way back um, to 2005, I was Very happy cool. to kind of talk about those values. And what, what does that mean? Yeah, yes, that's very cool. I joke as far as my voting record, the first time I was able to vote for president, I joke that I, well, it's not a joke, I did vote Bush because that was who um, my parents told me to vote for. And then the next time I was able to vote, I voted, I think it was Obama because that's who my parents weren't voting for. And then Gary Johnson, I started to think for myself. (laughs) That's usually the way I explain that. Um, Okay, so since you were in the Kansas National Guard, I'm curious your opinion on, we have worked for two years now on Defend the Guard and trying to get that bill passed. Um, And for people that don't know, the Defend the Guard legislation is basically saying that the State Guard is going to stay the State Guard. We are sending Kansas National Guard all over the place into conflicted zones because since we're not declaring war on some of these places it's kind of like a workaround and it's we're kind of trying to say maybe maybe not that maybe keep them because if something does go down we'd really like to have them to be here to keep Kansas safe Um, and I have a friend who's in the guard and she's like I signed up because I thought I could serve weekends and now I'm going I mean I'm going all over and it's just a little bit more intense than I thought like if I wanted this I would have joined army and so I'm just curious as someone who was a guards person guardsman um, what what, what your thoughts are on that legislation? So I'm, I'm not a big fan of packing a lot of things into bills. I think one of the reasons why we can't get things done at the federal level and at the state level is we don't have clean bills. Yeah. Um, if we want something done, we should have a clean bill and get behind that bill. I didn't support the pre-existing bill, or the bill in the format that it was in before, because we tried to put too many things in it. Um, I think when we raised our hand and took an oath, we no longer had um, a lot of control over what we did. We signed over some of our rights. We voluntarily signed over some of our rights, and some of those things were the vaccinations that I took. We had to be mission ready. Um, I know a lot of people don't believe in that, um, but you know that was part of the oath that I took that my body, as long as I served, yeah. belonged to the government. And if I no longer believed in that oath, I was welcome to um, leave the military. Right. So um, I did not like that some of the things that were in that bill were connected with that, which is why I didn't support it. But I do absolutely support mm. that the military should not be overseas, that we should not have uh, bases overseas and the guard should not be supporting that which is why I joined the Air National Guard because yeah. we support our home yeah um, so um, especially as a as, as an ex-military member mm-hmm. I definitely believe in uh, defense but right. I do not believe that we should be having military members overseas right. I, I think it's uh, a topic that could be a whole nother yeah. podcast yeah, in and for of sure. itself but um, I do believe that guard members should be here at home, and if there are active duty members that need to be doing defense work, mm-hmm. um, that's something else that active yeah. duty members have a different mission. Guard members have a separate mission yeah. at home. Yeah, I love that. I love that differentiation differentiator. I'm not sure that everyone knows that um, between guard and active duty. And I also really love that you did point out that like you did voluntarily sign up for this because as libertarians, we believe in a voluntary society. And I think a lot of the times we're quick to dismiss military, even like law enforcement and stuff, but we don't live in a world where we're told what our careers are going to be or what paths. Like we don't live, like draft is not a thing. As far as I know, there's a waiting list for people trying to enlist. So like, it's not really a reality, these people trying to use that as an excuse. So I love that you pointed that out. Um, Okay, so I know I brought you to the LP, loved that answer. What got you involved with the Libertarian Party of Kansas? Because like I said before we were recording, you can be a Libertarian without taking on the roles that we've taken on in like the organized party, right? You can be a registered Libertarian and never go to a convention and fight about bylaws. So um, you have to be really dedicated (laughs) to do that. So what first got you involved with the Libertarian Party of Kansas? So after uh, Sebelius was governor, we all know who became governor after that, and I did not like what he was doing to our state. And so I, as a libertarian, I knew there were other options, but I hadn't really been super focused on who the candidates were. There was a convention in Wichita, um, and Keen Umber was the candidate. Um, that I knew a little bit about, and I was part of a nonprofit 
um, that was bringing candidates, and they'd only invited the Democrat and the mm. Republican candidate. And so I fought really hard to invite Keen Umber mm. to that discussion. And so I got to meet him, cool. discuss uh, some things with him. He showed up. Uh, he didn't really get to participate in like the debate, which was really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But and I didn't get to attend the Wichita convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just the dates didn't work out for gotcha. work. But that is when I really started paying attention to the LPKS. Cool. Um, and so I, I really threw my hat in with Keen. I enjoyed what he was saying. I felt like he was a moderate. Um, options. Sometimes to me, libertarians can say uh, wild things. Mm -hmm. The public is not going to pick up what they're putting down. And he was just such a smart and, uh, I don't know, especially the work that he's done since then. Mm -hmm. So that is when I really started paying attention to the LPKS. And I know it's taken me a long time to really dig my feet in Mm -hmm. to what they're doing. But as the work that I've been doing has aligned more with, I got to get I got to get a party that aligns with me. Mm -hmm. I've gotten closer and closer. And as Joe and Spike Mm -hmm. said, we want to come to Kansas. We're going to help. I tried to reach out to Kansas. I started with Missouri and then it just kind of, uh, the love affair started. And and that's when I met some, some party members when Spike came to Wichita and it's history. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I got first involved at, um, uh, I wanted to go to Joe's campaign stop, but she was only in Kansas City in Tulsa, and neither one of those dates worked for me. But Spike came to Wichita, and so I like signed up to help. And then at that meeting was where I met our chair. I met LJ. I met Allison. You you were there, yeah, at Spike's event. Yeah, yes, I, I yeah. So, so yeah, so it's like we all and that's when like Christy was still around. So yeah, that kind of I joke that like it's not a joke. I mean, Joe's campaign changed the state party. Like Joe's campaign brought so many and Spike. We love you, Spike. But they brought. They, they, that campaign year changed our state party for the better, I think. So, I think so um, too. that's really cool. Okay, I'm gonna have to do some research on because I was obviously not in Kansas when, was it Keith Umber? Was Keen. Keen Umber. That's his, okay, I wasn't sure which one was the first name and which one was the last name. Yeah, I would do some um, research. He's yeah. an amazing lawyer that just got a super big win on a case that he'd been fighting a long time. So, he's an amazing person. Cool. Yeah, I wasn't in Kansas at the time, so I'll definitely have to look him up. Um, okay, so I wanna talk a little bit about some of the things that. Like, I know that you're passionate about some of the really successful things. It's one of the first things we really work together closely on. I want to talk about the Women's March, and I want to talk about the Kansas primary in August. So let me give a little bit of background for anybody that is in Kansas and was living under a rock or is a <laughs> listener from outside of the state. So we had our state convention. Let me pull up a timeline. Um, we had – I did – so I have a blog post um, from October 2022, which – goes over all of this in detail. Um, but just to give some background, background, in April, we had our state convention. It was here in Wichita. At that time, you had asked the governing body to make a decision on um, standing up to the state legislature because they were trying to pass a crazy abortion ban law. And that was the first time I had heard of it. Literally wasn't even on my radar. And it really wasn't on anybody else's radar either. Like we didn't even end up, I think, voting because so much of us just didn't know what was going on. We were just kind of like, okay, cool, let's look into that, you know, and get back to you. And then literally the next month, I went to national convention, Libertarian National Convention in May, and I sat there as they decided the majority, a split majority, but still technically the majority, they decided to remove our party's long-standing plank on abortion, which a lot of people say is is pro-choice. I don't really read it that way. I read it as pretty neutral. Um, I wish I had the verbiage in front of me, but I don't. But it basically is a pretty neutral stance that the party has long, long held. Libertarians have long been split down the middle on this topic, right? So our convention happened, Reno happened, and then in June, Roe v. Wade gets overturned. So all of a sudden, Kansas is the first state that has a vote on deciding what the state wants to do with abortion rights. I don't think anyone, I don't think any Kansas Republican thought it was going to turn out that way, but other states are just now having their votes, you know, and we've kind of had a few, but it basically made it to where it was like all eyes were on Kansas, on like how are we going to hold this line. We all felt the pressure, and you stepped up to the occasion in a big way, so tell us, tell us about that work. Tell us about the vote 
and the Vote No campaign, which, like, I think the two campaigns, so it was the Vote No campaign and the Value Them Both campaign, they were the two biggest campaigns. Like, they broke marketing records <laughs> in the state for the amount of money that they spent on them. So from a marketing perspective, I was just sucking up all that data when it came out. Um, and you worked on that campaign. So just tell me a little bit, because you were doing women's marches before this, right? Or was this your first march? So um, just to go back a little bit yeah. of history. So in 2019, the Supreme Court of Kansas um, upheld that there was a constitutional right to an abortion in our Bill of Rights. So in order to get around that, the mm -hmm. Kansas legislature said, well, we're going to have to put a constitutional amendment up for a vote um, to see what Kansans think. And mm. so they crafted a very confusing yep. amendment that they were going to put on a primary ballot, which is in a red state, going to bring out mostly Republican mm -hmm. voters. So they, the, deck, the deck stacked against anyone that didn't believe that mm -hmm. um, to have this very confusing wording saying, if you value both lives yada yada and so we had been fighting since the year before the mm. summer before so in 2021 mm. I had started getting the word out about yeah. this insane amendment um, I just want to pause and say this is why people like you are so important because it wasn't even on any of ours radar you know what I mean like I'm pretty plugged into politics and I didn't even know about it until Really, it was not. It wasn't too late, you know. But but I didn't know about it until like months leading up to the vote, and it was on your radar two years out. So like, this is why activists <laughs> are volunteer activists. This is why you guys are important. This is why any party needs to know that. So okay, continue. Yeah, <laughs> so I had not been a part of the women's march in Wichita, but in 2017 mm -hmm. I had gone to the women's march in D.C. The initial oh, one because. So cool. People think it was about Trump. It was actually in opposition to the incoming administration's policies because we were very fearful about the rhetoric that was coming in because of things like what happened in 2022, yeah. what happened in 2020. You know, it wasn't just about Roe v. Wade. It was about what happened to George Floyd, mm -hmm. what was happening to civil rights. There was mm -hmm. a lot of fear around immigration. Mm -hmm. These things, yeah. if you're a civil libertarian, the fear about the incoming administration, a lot of those things have happened. Yeah. If you're seeing what's happening in state legislatures, including our own, yes. the Women's March was a protest. Yeah. Five million people globally, 200,000 people. There was even yeah. one in Wichita. Mm -hmm. I wasn't here for that one. I wasn't the chair of that. There yeah. was amazing things happening. The one that happened in October mm -hmm. of 2021 was directly about the amendment. Mm -hmm. So I did co-chair that one because yeah. we were very hyper-focused on, yeah. did you guys know there's yeah. going to be amendment next year? We had a pretty good um, yeah. turnout. Um, we had the news come. Yeah. People were like, oh my God, what? And then everyone forgot about it because the holidays happened. Yeah. So my husband and I were like, this is BS. Like yeah. nobody's paying attention. Democrats aren't doing anything. The big campaign that you said, the vote mm -hmm. no, they didn't start working until April and May. Mm -hmm. So we out of our own pockets wow. made that campaign. A friend of ours did the design work. Another friend of mine printed those signs yeah. and we started doing the red stand for Liberty mm -hmm. vote no yeah. in February Yeah, and just handing them around to people we know Purely at cost. We were making no profit. I reached out to the Women's March and to the League of Women Voters and said, do you guys want to partner on this? Mm. That's where the billboards came from. Yep. They wrote, they raised their own capital to get billboards on Kellogg and yeah. over by the Machinist Union. Then it, the, uh, the leak of Roe came out in May. Mm. Who was ready to take comments and mm -hmm. do interviews? No one. Yeah. So they reached out to me, and yeah. I'm standing there not yeah. ready to do interviews. Just I look insane when I go back and look <laughs> at those interviews now because I'm not camera ready. I'm just, like, yelling and, like, we knew this was going to happen. It's so funny when I go back and watch it now. Okay, we're going to have to deep dive on those <laughs> and find some of those just for fun. <laughs> but, I mean, so we knew this was going to happen. I said that over and over because we did know. Yeah. We knew Roe was going to get overturned. And so me coming to the Libertarian Party and saying, you guys, mm -hmm. this is coming. Mm -hmm. We know it's coming. Roe's going to get overturned in mm -hmm. June. 
do we want to take a stance? Because Democrats aren't taking a stance. Mm -hmm. We already know what the Republican stance is mm -hmm. going to be. Do we want to be on the forefront yeah. of the right side of, this isn't about pro-choice or pro-life. This mm -hmm. is about government overreach. Yep. And that's why we were able to, in Sedgwick County and the surrounding areas, get so much traction because mm -hmm. I didn't walk up to people and say, do you want to be pro-choice? It was, yeah. do you want the government coming in and making amendments to tell you how yeah. to live your life and what to do? And people were like, I love your artwork. I love what you're standing for. And it's like, yeah, we oppose this amendment. Yeah. And I don't care what your reasons are, but do you want the government coming in and saying we have the right to tell you about health yeah. freedom do or whatever? Yeah. People really, it, it resonated with yeah. them. There was a front page of the Eagle news story about the small L libertarian thread running through Kansas. Yep. Like small L, big L, it was on the front page above the fold. It was a big deal. And just, just talking a little bit more about this vote and internal politics. I mean, you presented in May. People didn't know it was on their radar. Or no, you presented in April. Mm -hmm. And then you were told to like get some more information, let us talk about it, and come back. And then you came back and did that. You presented at, I think, maybe not May, but maybe June, XCOM, because we all went to convention, national convention in May. And then by July, I think we were the first ones. We, I personally wrote a resolution that XCOM passed. It can no longer be my fault, because XCOM did pass it. Um, and I think... There are people in our party that are still mad about that, but what they don't realize is that you understood the assignment. You were told at convention that we didn't know enough about it. You presented, you came to the next XCOM and had a presentation about it. Right. And those people weren't there, so they don't see it. They see it as like us pulling the wool over or us, you know, being doing shenanigans. But it's like, no, like not only were you prepared from the beginning of this issue, but when the state party said, tell us more about it you prepared you presented and you went about everything above board right and yet there were still people that were like upset over it which i think is ridiculous and going back to your comment about the women's march it would be so easy if it was about trump right, right. i really hate that excuse i hate that people still think that because it's like you said it's about so much more than that just look at where we're at now i mean like <laughs> sure Sure, it's about Trump. It's not about the systemic. <laughs> well, that's why I remind people that yeah. it wasn't about women showing up and being, and it wasn't just women, by the way. There right. was lots of other people there that identify in lots of different ways. Yes, the majority were women, and people had fun making pussy hats, whatever. <laughs> um, people loved to craft. But, um, you know, it was a genuine fear about, oh, my God, what is going to happen? Yeah. You know, that's a genuine fear. And now look where we are. Yeah. And it's so funny it to happened. me. Yeah, it's so funny to me that there are people that there are people within our party that were so mad about masks and yet they're like, "No, let's let's ban abortions." It's like, "Come on." Like you either you either I read this quote and I heard this quote in a podcast I listened to the other day that said, "If you don't believe in freedom for people that you don't like, then you don't believe in freedom for anybody." Like it has to be the people that you don't understand as well. So, well, I 100% agree with that because yeah. if we don't oppose the things that overreach for the people that we don't know and we don't agree with, when they oppose the things that we do agree with, nobody's going to stand with us. Right. Nobody's going to help us because yeah. where were we when they were yeah. struggling? It's like I said in my blog about this, um, even, even the most conservative of people could tell that this was an overreach, yeah. that this was not the government's position. So if you are out there calling yourself a libertarian and you don't see that, honestly, a part of me doesn't know how to help you. Because even the people that don't call themselves libertarians were like, mm, kind of her body, bro. You know, <laughs> like, come on. This goes back to my original <laughs> reason for becoming a libertarian. Mm -hmm. It started with the Patriot Act mm -hmm. and it doesn't stop just yep. because this is a different thing. This is yep. government overreach yep. and violating constitutional liberties. Yes. I list, I got to hear via Zoom from Edward Snowden at National Convention, and he said something about gates. And he said that once you start putting up gates, they don't stop. Mm -hmm. The only thing for you to do at this point is to stop those gates from putting up and to come up with your own local solutions because they are not going to back down. It right. is only going to get worse. Right. Um, so yeah, Whew, that gives me chills. Okay, so now let's bring it up to current day. Okay. We just had our convention like two weeks ago <laughs> i think we've processed a little bit i think it's smart to process before you go on record with a uh, opinion 
of it. So um, our party voted again on, you actually suggested that we add back to our state bylaws the exact same verbiage that National threw out that just said that that just basically says there's good arguments on either side. What we believe in is the government staying out of it. The vote came down to very close. Um, I had the numbers in front of me. I might be able to find them, but the vote came down to like we had 45 people there. I think we had 21 vote against it and 20, 19 or 20 vote for it. Technically, they didn't even have the majority of voting people because there's people that abstained and there's people that didn't identify as abstaining. So I got I got the report on that. Right. So technically, of the 45 people there, it didn't even get the majority, but they got enough for it to, to fail, right. right? So that's kind of where we're at. There's people going around saying, see, we told you we were pro-life. There's people going around saying these things, but it was a narrow vote. It lost by like a few votes, in my opinion. The only thing we learned is that there's still work to do. In my opinion, we learned that the party is still split on it. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, if we're split, there's just no use fighting over it. No, that the being split is the reason we should continue working on it and talking about it, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, and other than that, honestly, I don't really feel like we had a very, I feel like we maintained a lot of things, but I don't know that we, I feel like it wasn't like a super exciting convention, you know, like we didn't really accomplish any other big things. We just kind of maintained nothing else got passed except a uh, monetary freedom plank, which honestly, I'm not even really sure how much the state has a say in, but whatever. So I don't know. Tell me how you're feeling two weeks out from convention and the, what are we calling it? Women's, I call it the health freedom plank. People are calling it the pro-choice plank. I think only one of those is accurate. I think we as libertarians need to stop saying pro-choice, pro-life, because if you look at the history of those, those were invented terms by the conservatives to, yeah. vil to villainize the other side. So I wish there was something else we could call it. I believe it's a women's health, a health issue. Um, so that's what we were calling it. <laughs> that's not what everyone was calling it, but. <laughs> I think that's part of the, um, it's part of the things that I took out of this convention is that the binary tropes that the parties use were very uh, prevalent in our convention. Like there's a lot of, I heard, are you a left libertarian? Well, left, right, or binaries that I don't see in our party. Right. Um, conservative, liberal, those are binaries that I don't believe exist in mm -hmm. our party. Um, you know, libertarians are not a monolith, mm. and I think pro-life, pro-choice mm -hmm. should have no bearing mm -hmm. on whether or not um, individuals have sovereignty over their own mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. So if we shouldn't be forced to sacrifice, we should not be forced to sacrifice our values to benefit someone else. Mm -hmm. So what happened at the convention just told me that we still have people in our party that are holding on to values that mm -hmm. do, are not libertarian values. Yeah. Now, I was also, I heard and I was told and was raised in, in speeches that were told, uh, you can't tell me I'm not a libertarian. Mm -hmm. That's fair. No one can tell anyone who right. they are or what they are. But also, um, if we espouse to our libertarian values, part of that is not forcing your values mm -hmm. on someone else. Mm -hmm. The plank that I brought forward said that government should not be saying that. Mm -hmm. Individuals are allowed to believe and have mm -hmm. value systems that are their own value systems. Mm -hmm. When we start taking our values to impose legislature mm -hmm. on other people and making and having the government yep. decide what is and isn't value systems, yeah. that's when I draw the line. Again, going back to why I became a libertarian. Mm -hmm. When we start violating uh, constitutional liberties yeah. that go right back into the Bill of Rights, Yeah, we can't pick and choose which amendments we like. Exactly. You either believe in freedom or you don't. And if I can't say you're not a real libertarian, then you can't tell, you can't force me to have a baby I don't have. Like, period. It's not about, and that's why it's not even about the babies, yes. which is why when I talked about this yeah. constitutional amendment last year, I didn't talk about whether or not abortion was a right. I yeah. didn't talk about when a baby was formed. Yeah. I didn't talk about zygotes. I didn't talk about yes. any of those things. It was never about that. It was never about when life was formed and whether or not women or people that can have children are murderers. Yeah. It was about whether or not the government should have a right mm -hmm. to dictate yeah. what is and isn't health care. Yeah. Because it can't be... 
mandating vaccines one day Mm -hmm. is right or wrong and then Mm -hmm. mandating reproductive health care is right or wrong the next day. How quickly I saw members of our party go from protesting the Capitol over a piece of cloth to then saying against me that I don't have a right to kill a baby was was crazy. Like, it was crazy how quickly some libertarians in Kansas flipped from government stay out of my body to but be in her body. Like, I still, I had whiplash from it still. Like, <laughs> Well, because now we're mandating um, gender-affirming care. Yep. Which is impacting me. Yeah. As a cis woman mm-hmm. who needs gender-affirming care moving into the next stage of yep. her life. Yeah. We don't know what the government making arbitrary yeah. laws, yeah. next it's voting laws, next yeah. is, it is such a slippery slope yeah. for libertarians mm-hmm. to pick and choose which yeah. side of the fence we yeah. want to be on, depending on which values yeah. we agree with. Yeah. That is not, in my opinion. Yeah. That, that, yeah, I fully agree with you. That's not the role of politics, right? Like, I fully agree with what you're saying. There are people that are letting their Sunday morning opinions affect their ballot box day opinions and that's not like like listen I I had like I don't my spirituality is that people don't choose this my politics is that the government doesn't get to tell us one way or the other like (laughs) I mean we can philosophize about what type of libertarian you know philosophy we follow whether it's anarcho-capitalism or civil libertarianism those are things we philosophize about after a convention is over when we're at the bar and we're having fun poking fun at everybody that doesn't agree with us those are things that we do when we are not deciding policy when we are not deciding what the government can and can't do we should all be that's when we're a monolith and we say government doesn't intervene. Yeah. That's where we should be in agreement. And I feel like that's the work that still needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't upset after convention. What I was, was uh, my vigor was renewed Mm, and how do I need to craft a better plank so that I focus more on less government intervention. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still believe it belongs in the health plank because that needs to be expanded clearly Mm -hmm. because I don't think our party understands Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of, well, that doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. So I don't really need to because how do we get those abstentions to get involved? Mm -hmm. That's where I need to focus my energy. So I wasn't disheartened. Right. I was actually uh, heartened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good. (laughs) it was really close. Yeah. It was really close. And I I am the type of person that would rather have just freaking drowned than to lose by four votes. So I was emotional afterwards just because just because it's not the time in Kansas to be soft on this. Look at what, like that was a year ago was banning abortion and now they're literally telling whole entire groups of people in Kansas that they don't exist. Like I feel like things are just, I don't know. It, it was, it's hard not to feel that what we're going through now is because of the support that we tried to oppose in August. And I don't know, it felt, it, so yeah, I was emotional. I love to hear that you were fired up. For anybody listening that also had a plank that may be lost, that's what you should be doing right now. There were planks that were thrown out leading up to it. Right. Like I know where there were some really solid changes to like the death penalty plank. There were some really solid changes to like membership that didn't get, that didn't make it. And I think that's what all of us should be doing. If there's an issue that you're passionate about, this is the party that, that can work with you. You just maybe need to go back to the drawing board a little bit and have some conversations on like what, what would make sense. But yeah, I think the fight for this one is fully still alive and, um, and yeah, I think I think it just you you either you either believe in freedom or you don't. You know, it's it 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 to me it's not nuanced. It's not it's not a difficult. It's not a gray area. You 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 either think the government doesn't tell you what to do or you you're okay with it in some ways. And I think the people that like you were saying take the conversation to a place that it shouldn't be, focusing on all these little issues. I feel like they are justifying what we really, at the end of the day, is their core value, which maybe isn't libertarianism. Maybe it's something else. They, they've got libertarianism in there, but they've got another thing that's driving them, and maybe that doesn't really like belong at convention. So I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one, because growing up in a very religious home with parents that were missionaries, mm-hmm. I can promise you that going through that internal struggle of the indoctrination of your personal values versus what is the right thing to do. I mm-hmm. saw my parents struggle with that a lot yeah. and they sometimes had to put their personal beliefs versus 
what is right for my community Mm -hmm. sometimes had to go aside because there's people in your community that don't believe what you believe. Yeah. So what is right for my community is not always going to jive with your personal ideology. And you have to be okay with that because we're a, not just a big tent party, we're a big tent community. And the bigger your community. We're a circus tent. (laughs) Yeah. Libertarians, not Wichita. (laughs) Well, also. Which I love. Yeah. Which I personally love that we are this way. Um, So I like to have these conversations. Um, And if we're going to reach out to other members and reach out to other people in our community, we have to remember that a third of our state are registered independent, Mm -hmm. which means they vote and Mm -hmm. they're looking for a home sometimes. Mm -hmm. Are they going to go with people that are like, hmm, I don't think you deserve any rights, but the government deserves to tell you what to do. There's already a party that thinks like that. Yeah. 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 People are always talking about getting R's and D's on our side. And I'm like, no, independents are the most libertarian. And those conversations are a lot easier than they are than R's and D's. And even if they just, I just appreciate anyone that like votes not on like one, like like a party line, you know, like they are able to think like Fairchild does a pretty good job at this, even though I didn't love some of the stuff he worked on. He, he does vote with like what he really believes is best for his constituents, I think. So, um, so yeah, um, Oh my gosh, I had one thing. Okay, so again, this is just me. You're talking about like your parents and your household growing up and you know them dealing with like the Bible versus like you that internal conflict. Again, this is something for me. There is no conflict. I'm a Christian. Do you know what Jesus never did in the Bible? Change the law. Change the law to force you to follow him. He could have done it. Check it. He could have done it, but he never did. So don't even come at me now. And tell me that the right thing to do now is to make a law for the thing that you don't believe is right. Just, it's just not complicated to me. It's not. (sighs) Okay. Feel better now. (laughs) And also, I think uh, my parents uh, that are no longer with us would be really mortified to see that um, people that purport to have the values Mm. in that faith Uh, are not acting with that faith because they would give the shirts off their back, the money Mm -hmm. out of their pocket, the kindness of their heart to anyone, no matter who they are, what they look like or what they believed, because that's how they were raised and that's the faith that they had. So I don't try to tell people what's in their heart or what they believe, but if you say that faith guides you, then there needs to be a little more of that action shown and a little less vitriol when we're discussing things that are so personal to people when someone's telling you their story about how a piece of legislation is affecting them so personally that they're going to have to leave the state or that their health care will be affected. You can't use your faith as a shield as to why you think their rights should be taken away. And you also don't have to understand. You don't have to understand a person that wants to change genders. You don't have to understand a woman that needs to get an abortion. You don't have to get it. You don't have to be in their shoes. Be grateful that you're not in their shoes because it's hard. But you can still not want them to be aggressed against by the government. Like, to me, it's like you're not not compromising anything by just having empathy for a human. Right. You don't have to be one of to stand with. Yes. And especially if we're standing against the government violating constitutional liberties. We should definitely be standing with those populations that are having their constitutional liberties violated because when our constitutional uh, liberties are being violated, we are going to need people standing with us. For sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think we kind of teased it a little bit, but what I would like to know what you see as the next big issue that libertarians should be working on. And that can be like in theory, but it can also be, I know you're the type of woman that's already got like, I hate this phrase, but boots on the ground. Um, shout out to Rob who used to always say that. So, um, what is, what is the next thing that you should think we should be keeping an eye on? And what is the next thing that like you personally are planning to work on? So I, uh, I'm very involved with a lot of things. So number one, I think everyone should civically engage in their local community. So if you are in a city, I think you should get involved in your, uh, either your city council or your county commission. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to the meetings or watching them online, uh, you need to run for your city commission or your county uh, mm-hmm. commission or city council or county commission. So that's number one. Um, get off the couch and pay attention. That's all it takes to be an activist. It's literally just getting up and paying attention. Um, so being an activist doesn't mean marching in the steep streets and carrying signs and yelling at 
police. It's just getting off the couch and getting involved and paying attention to what's going on with zoning mm-hmm. or ordinances or, or little things like that. Um, so that's number one, engage locally, number one. Uh, number two, there's some big things happening in Wichita um, around a board that I'm on. I'm on the racial profiling board and we do um, some pretty amazing work. Uh, there's some workshops going on, so we are focused on um, uh, cash bond is one of the things that we're doing, but also civil asset forfeiture, which I know libertarians uh, mm-hmm. are very engaged with both of, both of mm-hmm. those issues. So there is actually an event coming up. Uh, we have a asset forfeiture workshop on June 3rd. Um, and you can go to the uh, Racial Profiling Board page, Facebook page, or the uh, Kansas Libertarian page has posted information mm-hmm. about that civil asset forfeiture workshop. I will put a link to your Facebook profile in the, um, in the show notes so people can find it. And I also think it's really important for people to know their rights. I really talk a lot about the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, and the Fourteenth Amendment, protection from unreasonable search and seizure. Uh, Fifth Amendment, no one can be forced to testify against themselves or punished without due process. Fourteenth Amendment, no one shall deprive a person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Get involved, be involved. Um, One of my favorite quotes is from Martin Luther King. He who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he who helps perpetrate it. Mm. So that's why I said it's not hard to be an activist if you just get up and you find out what's going on in your community. Most things are happening at the local level. Mm -hmm. If you stop it when it's going on in your city, Mm -hmm. in your community... Um, what's happening at the federal level is really far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, most people just register to vote and pay attention with presidents and governors. Mm-hmm. It's really what's happening in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the amount of energy that people have are, are already putting into the next presidential year camp, like election cycle, if they would put like half of that into knowing what's going on locally like I'm not in city limits so I go to I serve on a county board which some people know um and I mean (laughs) even now I joke that any libertarian that starts attending city or county meetings is eventually going to hear something that they're going to be like pardon me but I honestly I I want to say that I don't even think that's true just for libertarians I think regardless of your political party even independent you would be shocked at the things that your local politicians good bad or otherwise are able to get away with because no one is there to ask questions. Transparency creates accountability. Yes. Yeah. So seriously, start watching online. Get involved. It, it is not hard. Um, we'll put... Okay. So as far as um, as far as how people can get in touch with you if they want to ha- get involved or just follow you or maybe they heard something that you said and maybe they're like, that's important to me. How can I start you know, being more like you? Where's the best place online for people to like reach out to you? Uh, well, my Facebook is pretty, um, nothing. I I only have it because of my work on the racial profiling board. I do have a TikTok, um, but it's like, uh, uh, chaos. So you're welcome (laughs) to go look me up on TikTok if you follow that. Um, I'll get that link too. And I'll, I'll I'll post it. I'm not one that's on TikTok. I was going to talk about this earlier as someone who's worked in digital marketing for a long time, years ago when TikTok became popular, like, I know how much data Facebook, Instagram, Google, I know how much they get from us. And so when this Chinese company came on, even though the videos were cool, knowing that that data is going to back up somewhere and knowing that it was a mobile-only app, I was sus from, like, day one. Like, I was, like, not even politics, not even, like, any of that, just, like, as someone who collects data and is paid to analyze data and sell it to companies so they can sell you stuff, I was like, I don't know about China having that on me. And other Americans. So I was suspicious about TikTok already. And then, spoiler, it's like a big deal now. So I'm not physically on it. But I will watch your links if you send them to me. And I will share your TikTok so people can because I know it's a big one. Um, Okay, so that's really cool. And, of course, people can always reach out to me if they want to get a hold of you. And I can get you um, in touch. I want to touch on a few more things because I think we're doing good on time. I want to touch on two libertarian events that we have coming up in Wichita. One of them is this Friday, the 12th. We have our monthly mixer at Chicken and Pickle um, from five to seven. We don't like 
reserve a room or a court or anything. We kind of just like eat and drink and chat. And probably people are going to want to talk about convention. Um, if you missed convention or this is the first you're hearing that we're here, um, definitely join us. I won't be able to be there, but Faith and some other um, District Four is really active. Like I gotta say, I love like the new Judiciary Committee, mostly District Four. I'm just loving. I'm loving the growth in in our district. Um, and then the other big thing that's happening in Wichita is on June 17th. There's going to be a full day of a political leadership training. So this is learning. This is kind of like the other way of being an activist is like how to like give testimony, how to like go to the state house, how to how to make sure politicians know where you stand and so how important. to Yeah, it is really important. I'm I'm not going to be able to be at that one either, but if anyone is not able to make the June date, I was just made aware of a training in August that's happening in Texas that I think I am going to try to go to. So, really, I mean, we've got a lot of stuff going on right now like that's important for us to hold the line on as far as civil rights goes in this state. And then of course, come the next big election cycle in 2024, we're going to need all the trained people, the, all the politically savvy people we can get. So those are two really cool events. Like Faith said, those are on the Libertarian Kansas um, Facebook page. I'll share that too. Um, before we close out fully, it's just hitting me. I didn't have this on the on the, on the the list, but we were both at the District 5 Citizens Advisory Board meeting. So this is on the county level. Again, I can't really do, I can't serve on a city level because I'm not in city limits. Um, so I serve on the county level. Um, so this is Jim Howell's district, um, which you happen to be in, which I think is really hilarious that he ended up with both of us in his district. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he would gerrymander us out if he could. Um, so I, let's see, let me have my notes. I just want to hear how you felt about that meeting. What was like your biggest takeaway um, from, from that meeting? So I, I thought it was really interesting that... Um, I'm not sure what his name is. Um, he's the older gentleman that sat kind of in front of me. John Nichols. John Nichols. Mm -hmm. um, he has a lot of feedback, and I I don't like how um, he's very quick to shut down the citizen perspective and mm -hmm. to bring the county perspective. So mm -hmm. I don't like that because I don't necessarily think that's the purpose of the, the board. Mm -hmm. So that I don't like. Because um, we had a guest, not that I'm not a guest, but we had a guest come in and mm -hmm. was talking about like the stoplight, or mm -hmm. she wants she may, she just had a concern. Yeah, she probably needs like a, a road. Uh, she probably just study. needs like an analysis, a yeah. road study. Yeah, yeah. And our cab knows that we've ordered our own studies on certain lights and with like the trains and stuff. And we, so it's it's weird to me that this woman came forward and was like, "Hey, there's an intersection in my town that I think shouldn't be a stop." sign but should maybe just be like a yellow light which is fair it's effectively a three-way stop and and she was told to come to us and I thought it was weird that no one on the cab because we have gone through this in the past no one on the cab told her the first thing to do is order a study, a study. that should have been the only feedback honestly and, and they just kind of no one really so I definitely want to follow up with her and make sure that she does talk to the county but yeah it's it it's they are calling themselves a citizens advisory board, but the board is really, I think they all have their own, not everyone, but I think certain members of the existing board have like their own agendas and their own things they want to fight for. And it shouldn't really be coming from us. It should be coming from the citizens. And it's our job to advocate on, we're the middle person between the citizen and the commissioner. Well, that's why I gave the feedback again, and I'll continue to give that feedback that having members that don't represent a community mm -hmm. they're only representing their opinion yeah they have no one to um answer to exactly so when i go to it because i'm on the district two advisory board mm -hmm. becky tuttle in wichita yeah. so faith serves on a city district board while yes. i serve on a county district board right. yeah Whereas in the city of Wichita, I am beholden to my neighborhood. And mm -hmm. so when I go to that meeting, it is my job to not only report back to my neighborhood, but I bring concerns from mm -hmm. my neighborhood to that meeting. So if something happens, I'm beholden to that neighborhood. If something happens and we don't find out, it's my job because I didn't tell them. Mm -hmm. So like tonight I have a meeting. Yeah. So if something was on that agenda that specifically happened in my neighborhood and I didn't inform everyone in my neighborhood when yeah. I got the agenda last week, it's my ass. Yeah. So um, when you don't have that in your cab, that's yeah. why I brought that up when I spoke. Yeah. I don't feel like that was taken yeah. very well. We should be ambassadors for yes. 
what's going on in county government and our sphere of influence. So it, naturally, it should be a neighborhood. They keep telling us we don't really have neighborhoods, which is fake. And so they're they're picking and choosing people from like different walks of life. And, you know, I just, yeah, I agree with Faith. I don't think that's necessarily the way that we should be working. But yeah, the people that are on the board should be sharing what we're doing with, if not their neighborhood, then with at least the people in their sphere of influence. And I don't know that's happening. I think it's literally just they're kind of coming at it with just like their opinion and whatnot. And I don't know, like, I, I don't, I don't think that's the way that it should work, which is why to your, your former point, like you have, you just have to start showing up or watching these online because there's a good chance you're going to, you're going to watch or listen and you're not going to feel represented. Right. And then my final point would be, I brought the, to my, what I was talking about earlier, state laws, um, you know, there was a women's bill of rights that was passed in the state legislature, which uh, that name's an oxymoron. I'm just going to say it. It's like the value it's them both. Ridiculous. It doesn't. It, yeah. It does not value them both. The women's bill of rights is not protecting women. It's actually as a woman that no longer can produce eggs because I'm getting ready to go into menopause. Mm. Uh, uh, apparently, I'm not supposed to use the women's bathroom anymore. So I brought that before the cab to say yeah. I want to know what the county's policy will be regarding this new bill. Yeah. So does that mean? What's the policy? Will they be building new bathrooms? You know, what is this dumb thing going to be? Well, of course, no one is there that can answer that because there's not actual county representation. There's an intern. Jim wasn't there because he was ill, so no one came to represent him. The cab is not responsible for knowing that information, but, you know, it was kind of weird. Also, discussion kind of started getting personal and getting shut down. What I did like is at the very end, uh, one of the cab members said, I don't necessarily know that I agree with this, but I like the discussion and I do want to hear what happens, which is what the Citizens Advisory Board should be doing. There's Mm -hmm. been a concern raised. Mm -hmm. We should have a county response. That was Joseph Elmore. And the last time that happened was when uh, it was the end of a meeting and I said I would really, uh, someone had said, no, I think I went first and I said I'd like to bring my friend Faith in um, because she knows a lot about the amendment vote that's coming up and I'd like for her just to talk to the people that are here. And then this other person was like, well, okay, we can do that, but I want to bring in someone from Value Them Both. And I was Perfect. like, sure, fair, let's do it. The next two meetings were conveniently canceled. One of them, I think, was like Thanksgiving or something stupid. And No, it couldn't have been Thanksgiving. It was July 4th. They just conveniently decided to cancel it because July 4th was like that Monday or something. And then I can't remember, but the fall of the meeting after that was also canceled conveniently. So do I believe we will have a debate about this and that we'll actually hear people's concerns? No. Do I think it's cool that Joseph asked? Yes. I also know where he would stand. I can guess. Um, but that's but, okay but that it's good. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Um, and I'm interested to see because I did ask for an exclama- ex- explanation because um, I also wanted to bring in our governor candidate. And I was... Because, again, it's a platform. Just like I should be advocating for what CAB is doing to my sphere of influence, I'm trying to make sure that CAB members and attendees know what's happening politically also. Like, I think it goes two ways. I was told that we are going to limit things that we discuss at the CAB to stuff that, like, Jim and the county really has an effect on. So I have a suspicion that if and when you're ever able to ask this question in front of county staff or Jim, they're going to say, well, the county doesn't have any say in this. We're just going to wait on the state laws to be, we're just like, they're going to say they don't have a say that it's not up to him. It's up to whoever else at the county. I just have a sneaking suspicion there. They're going to say that. It's not meaning we're going to drop the fight. Um, the other piece of feedback we got was, well, let's just wait till the law t- changes in July. Such, such a no. non-answer. Yeah. That's when it got, that's when I had to shut that down. Yeah. And I said, with all due respect, Waiting until a law is passed is not listening to community feedback. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You can't hear what the citizens have to say if you wait until a law yeah. is passed to to yeah. make a recommendation to yeah. the lawmaker. And this is something, this question, this is something everyone should be asking. You should be asking your employers. You should be asking the grocery stores that you go to. I know it sounds crazy. Anywhere but that's public. You should be asking anywhere what they plan to do because some of the suggestions I've seen for how they plan to enforce this are terrifying, are terrifying. And so everyone should be asking. So if you're hearing this and you're like, I'm going to go to a county council meeting or whatever, that can be your first question is how do how, I want to know how my employer or my church or my city, I want to know how you plan to enforce this law. From what I understand, Wichita has already, city has already said, well, we're not really going to enforce it. Um, I don't know how official that is, but that's what 
I, the gist of what I've been told. Well, that's why there's an NDO. The, the ambiguity is the point. They want people to be afraid. Yeah. But there's also some protests, I think, that will be lined up. Like, yeah. I've seen online a bunch of women are just going to start using the men's restroom. What are they going to do? Yeah. How are they going to prove it? Yeah. When all the men have to start waiting in line, maybe they'll start. <laughs> when it starts affecting them. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I actually love this idea. Instead of a, a countertop sit-in, a urinal sit-in. Right. Except for you. Not sit-in. You know what I mean. A stand-in. Stand-in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm loving this idea. Um. <laughs> I, I think that's the – it's about, I think, part of that training, which is why I love the um, the training that we're doing June 17th, is, is teaching people how to engage with their government in a way that is meaningful. Because a yeah. lot of times people do not know what to do. We don't know how to engage civically. We don't know how to engage politically. We don't feel like what we do matters. And I think that's where where what I do, people are like, God, how do you do all this? And it's like, yeah. I've spent a lot of years researching and finding out how I can be the most disruptive mm-hmm without getting in trouble yeah. because I, I'm pretty disruptive, yeah. but I haven't been arrested. Yeah. I haven't been, but I'm still pretty damn effective Yeah, because you can do a lot of things and you go right up to that line. If I have to cross the line, I will, but I haven't had to yet. Right. Well, that's where just as long as you're not violating NAP, you know, you're going to be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think you do do a really good job of that, of, of advocating and, but you're also like professional about it too. Like I still could practice like not getting emotional. I could still practice like sometimes I just like at convention, sometimes I just have to walk out because there's gonna be a problem, right? Like, listen, I'm Latina and you can't really take that out of the girl. You can train it as much as you can, but sometimes it's gonna, we're gonna have, sometimes I don't have the words. Um, and I feel like you're really good at that. So yeah, I think it's, it really is true what they say. Like, I remember the first time we had another girl, soft spoken, sweet girl, speak up at a cab meeting. And we did a good job and later was like, oh my gosh, you guys are my heroes. Like, I wish I could speak out to these men and these other, these electeds the way that you do. And it's like, it really is true that when one of us rises, we all rise. And I'm sorry if that makes you scared, but that's the way that it needs to be when you're a minority in this country. Like, the, like, yep. yeah. So Faith and I are obviously a safe space. Um, if, if you are not sure what's going to happen come July and you're nervous or even even with the health freedom bans that may or may not be coming, like we're safe. You can reach out to us. We'll take care of you. Just need to officially say that because I know people that are personally nervous. And so, yeah, I think I think that was good. We talked for like an hour or so. Any like last minute? Yes. Um, yeah, go for it. One thing. Um, so one of the things that the Racial Profiling Board does, the work that I do that I think is so important um, that I think gets lost sometimes Um is that we were able to pass a bill at the state house um, because as libertarians, we um, we don't want to criminalize people because they're mm-hmm. poor. We right. were able to get a suspended driver's license bill mm-hmm. passed because they were the IRS was suspending their license only because they couldn't pay their fines and fees at court. So we got a bill passed um, working with a lot of partners where you can no longer get your driver's license suspended just for not being able to pay your fines and fees. Mm-hmm. But now we have all these people in Kansas, black and white and brown, mm-hmm. Um, that need to get their licenses reinstated. Mm-hmm. So if you go to racialprofilingwichitakansas.com slash drive again legally, and okay. I'm yep. sure you'll we'll put get that yeah. on there, you can apply for a restricted license. And once you receive it, you can legally drive again while you pay mm-hmm. off your fines and court costs because we know that this affects 400,000 Kansans. Yeah, that's huge. I don't think people realize... I run into people that, that are that are privileged through no faults. Like, no, no not dogging on them but they don't realize the effect that not being able to get a license has it affects your work status it affects which affects your your income which Child affects care. your children i mean it's it just it was it's crazy that that's a big libertarian um principle if people aren't aware of is that if if the punishment for a crime is a fee right then it really is just <laughs> the crime is that you're poor and it's ridiculous <laughs> like so so yeah that's a huge deal i will definitely share that link if you know of someone that maybe has a suspended license and needs to get it. That's a big number, 400,000. I mean, that's... 
Yeah. That's a lot of Kansans. And we're currently working um, on a, a revocation bill that if cool. your license was revoked because you drove suspended too many times because you had to pick up your kids or go mm -hmm. to work, and it was only for fines and fees, yeah. we're currently working on a revocation bill, which I think didn't make it through this session. We'll work yeah. on it next session. Yeah. You could do the same thing. So yeah. that's, that's, that's the awesome. work that we're doing, and we want to partner with libertarians. Uh, yeah. Same with cash bonds, same yep. with civil asset forfeiture. I think we share a lot in common with partners around the state. Mm -hmm. So that's, well, we got to come together for lots of things. ACLU is already on both of those issues, I believe, sort of, kind of, yeah. Um, I'm still on the fence a little bit about how much, but yeah, but yeah. So I think I, I see no issue why other libertarians wouldn't get behind. Right. Um, it might be nice to work with something a little not as controversial as the last two years <laughs> with our libertarian friends. So yeah, let's do it. Let's, I'm all about the next big thing. So. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that is going to do it for us. Um, I will put all the important links in the show notes, and you guys know if you ever want to get a hold of me, um, you know, I'm embarrassingly easy to find on the internet. Um, the Mama Marketer on every platform. You're going to get me quicker on Instagram if you have any questions. Otherwise, um, stay tuned. I have a whole list of very unique libertarian perspectives, all here in Kansas, all part of the same party, that plan to come and talk to us. So, all right, we'll just say bye and see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.